try to talk about something. Whew. I already did two recordings before this. So I'm on number three now. Still, you know, turns out it's very easy to bore myself. No telling what I what I do with other people. Sorry. <laughs> Ugh, I got back from workout and got on the treadmill after after years of not doing the treadmill. I was doing stairmasters because apparently. Um, when you work on your glutes and your thighs, it takes tension off your knees. The patella, is that what it's called? The front of the knee, whatever that is. Um, I've always had issues with that, and that sucks because I'm 23. And, <laughs> oh my God, I can only imagine what it's going to be like in 10 years, never mind 30 years, fucking 10 years. So I'm trying to work on my glutes more because because of what I heard. I don't know what the what the answer is. But uh, yeah, I'm a little tired right now because I ran a lot and did a lot of lower back, shoulders. All the good stuff. When was it a standard for men to have a nice ass? Was that always around? I don't think it was always around for women. You know, growing up, the the focus in culture was like boobs. You know, that's what that's what we all adored. Women and men alike. Uh, we all love big boobies. And everyone would get fake boobies. And uh, still not against that now. You know, everyone still, to this day, boobies are awesome. Small ones are awesome too. But now, butts, those are like the main focus, it seems like. Not just women, but guys too. You know, if you have a small ass, girls are going to dog you for it. Trust me. Just take my word for it. So me trying to make my knees better is also helping my ass. So win-win. I'm keeping up with societal standards. Good for me, right? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Because uh, celebrities, uh, women at least, they're getting fake butts. That seems like a new thing. I'm pretty sure it started with Kardashians. I think that's kind of what got the whole butt trend going, was the Kardashians. Black dudes always were in the... That was a stereotype, right? They always love the nice, fat ass. Just ask Sir Mix-a-Lot. Is that his name? Sir, Sir Mix-a-Lot? Sir Dance-a-Lot? Baby Got Back, that, that song? But, uh, yeah, 
everyone else is catching up. I heard somewhere that like it's black culture is what influences American culture. And that kind of, as far as I can tell, that seems pretty accurate. You know, uh, you know, like as a culture, black people do seem more energetic. Like they seem to have more passion with when they when they speak. You know, like black preachers, they are very different from regular white preachers. You know. So we can learn a lot from black culture. And I think we are because, you know, they they are, they do have a lot of influence on on regular culture. White people love adopting everything that black people started off with. Now, every song, every indie song has a a black choir in the background. You know, we all know that. And we love it. They don't get old. I want to put a black choir in my band if I ever have one. But yeah, nothing white people do ever sticks around, it seems like. White people are the only only group of people that... Well, white dudes. They're the only group of people that will wear Velcro shoes. Who the hell... Like how that's that would no, it's not that's never gonna catch on. For the people who still wear Velcro shoes, what are you doing? Is it for simplicity? Is it just for comfort? If it's just for comfort, then you know, I can be more understanding of that. But if you're just someone who has no fashion sense at all and I'm not saying I have fashion sense. Fashion sense Sorry, because the things I wear are pretty regular, you know, like jeans, t-shirt, tennis shoes. Like, if you're someone who wears tennis shoes walking around, like, you're not someone who thinks a lot about what you're wearing, I feel like. And that's me. I don't really think a lot about what clothes I have on. I just kind of put together a tolerable set. And I go outdoors. Like, like you don't want to... The shit you wear when you work out, you don't want to wear when you're just out at a bar, right? Like, my workout shoes are also my going out shoes. I should definitely switch it up. I should definitely get some new shoes. You know, and... Some might argue like, here's I don't care what I wear. I don't I don't think about that stuff. I don't need to think about that stuff. I don't need to think about my ego or my my status. Which is fair. I know a lot of people think that way. I used to think that way fully, but as as I like kind of observe people and stuff, you know, a lot of what you wear is have you ever seen someone wear a shirt or a color on a shirt that just doesn't work for them? You know, some people, if you're wearing certain things, you just look incorrect, if that makes sense. Like, wearing the people, like, different people fit different clothes, right? 
Some people just are off-putting. Some people cannot pull off orange. A lot of people can't pull off orange. Some people can't pull off green or blue. And uh, it just, it kind of, your presence is just a little off, it feels like, whenever you're wearing the wrong clothes. And I feel like I'm wearing the wrong clothes still. And and I feel off with myself, but I kind of just don't give a shit. I was actually thinking about going to the, sh- the mall and getting something. We'll see. But I am thinking more about the way people want people to perceive them. Because I do also think the clothes you wear definitely has an influence on your attitude and the way you interact with people. Like whenever I wear a suit, my chest is always puffing out, you know? Just without me even thinking about it. I I have a more puffed out chest because I feel like a goddamn madman in a suit. (laughs) And whenever I wear, let's say, what did I just hear? Whenever I wear, sorry, I thought my door was moving. Whenever I wear shorts above my knees... I'm a little more self-conscious because I've always felt like I had really skinny legs and I do have really skinny legs. But the fact that I'm self-conscious about my skinny legs is making me more, it's making me exude that self-conscious feeling to other people. So either I need to wear short shorts more to get rid of that anxious feeling it gives me or not wear short shorts. Because if, if you're like, if you're walking around strutting your your legs, just filled with confidence, and you have really scrawny legs and you're wearing really short shorts, you know, you're still kind of appealing. You still got that, that energy in you that people want to want some for themselves. But yeah, clothes definitely. Also haircuts. Haircuts, that's another thing. Some people, I kind of feel this way, like when I grow my beard out, I feel like it makes my face look fatter. But some people, they look skinnier with a beard. It's it's weird. Or like a fade. Some people do not have the narrow face to have a fade. If you could, If you got a rounder face... You should have fuller hair, maybe. Obviously, I I don't... This is all subjective, anecdotal stuff. But there's some merit to it. Like, if if you have a, a tall face, I feel like it'd be easier for you to pull off a fade, right? So, yeah, people need to adjust to their... their postures and their frames... And their attitude. Like when I wear tan pants, I feel more intelligent than when I wear blue jeans. It's weird. I kind of feel like a kid when I wear blue jeans, honestly. I don't know why. I don't know why blue jeans I associate with being a kid. 
because I wear blue jeans a lot. I am someone who thinks too much about how people dress, even though I don't treat, I don't act on it. You know, I'm still dressing like goddamn, like my mom bought all my clothes. My mom did buy my clothes for shit. I think up until eighth grade. Is that? I, I don't know if that's sad or not. When do moms stop buying clothes for their kids? Thing is, with me, I just didn't give a shit what I was wearing. So yeah, give me some jeans. Doesn't matter what brand. <laughs> She'd always come back with like these two-inch thick pants, like you wear when you go haul hay or something. Like, man, this these pants will last me forever. Unfortunately, they look ridiculous. Looks like I have shin pads under my pants. So, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know when it's pathetic whenever your mom is buying your clothes. When it stops being, when it starts being pathetic. I would guess somewhere in middle school. I would guess between 6th and 8th grade, whenever that is. Your mom could still buy your clothes. For some of you, I know, I know a lot of people have different financial situations. Maybe you got to save up more to, if you want more clothes, that's okay. That's that's good for you, right? But uh, yeah, in my situation, my mom bought my clothes until I was out of middle school. Then freshman year, like I I I got this, mom. I got this. And but even though I did not have it, I still did not know what I was wearing. I was practically buying the same shit she was buying me because that's all I knew. But then as I got through high school, I slowly switched off because in in middle school all of middle school and half of my freshman year I was uh, I was a country boy that was my that was my persona that's how I wanted people to see me as this boot wearing snuff dipping ass picking country boy truck driving coolie sticker having Baseball cap wearing country boy. I was dipping snuff in middle school. Ew, that's disgusting. And uh, that was that was all peer pressure. Do you ever like consider like how pretty much every drug habit everyone has starts off as peer pressure? Like most people who smoke cigarettes probably started really early on you don't no one starts smoking cigarettes in their mid-20s you know so a lot of tobacco use i feel came straight out of peer pressure how crazy is that it, it just seems weird to start doing that kind of drug in your mid-20s because like from the time we're young we're like stay away from this stay away we all have our dare t-shirts, but man, peer pressure is a bitch. That grabs onto us really, really tightly. And that's what it was for me with snuff. Except it was really early. It wasn't high school or anything. It was, ugh. you know, I had a lot of country boy friends. And they, we're all still friends, you know, and I respect their decisions in life and they respect my decisions in life. 
But yeah, some of them were doing snuff, dipping snuff. <laughs> you don't do snuff, you, you dip it. I remember the first time I did it, I had this crazy buzz, like this intense tipsy feeling. And it was, <laughs> every time I think of snuff now, I just hate it. I, I want to gag. I want to throw up. But, yeah, my first time, I remember it being terrible. It was the worst. But I was still doing it. I was doing it. But, uh, let's see. I, I remember, like, you're not supposed to swallow the snuff. Because that is, god damn it, I hate thinking about it. And I never had a truly bad experience with it, other than like, whenever I was coming down from that tipsy feeling that it gave me, it was like the worst come down ever. I didn't want to do shit, I just wanted to lay there and not interact. It was, yeah, disgusting. But what I would do when I was dipping the snuff, I would like swallow not the snuff, but the my spit, which had snuff. Okay, I can't go. Point is, uh, I changed my persona later on, and it was a drastic change too. It it went from like country boy to I don't even know what the fuck. Like a guy who wears Sperry's and Henleys. <laughs> you know how, like, when you're new to a style, you kind of, you rush into it, and you kind of, like, you don't know what the brands are, and then you get the off-brand shit, and, like, I had these Sperry's that weren't, like, usually the Sperry's that are really legit, the high-brand ones, they're very narrow and skinny, and they fit at your feet, but I had, like, these, like, if you could drown Sperry's, and they get all swollen, like you know how people get swollen when they drown. It's not funny, but you know they get they plump up. This is what the sparrows look like. They look like drowned, swollen sparrows. I have like these these little gravy boats on, man. But but uh, I that was a weird time. That was a very confusing time. I feel like growing up, I never really had a solid identity. And, you know, the country boy thing was kind of like, that was me. I'm looking for my, this is me, you know. This is my person. The guy who wears tall-ass Tony Lama boots, like these, these high heels for dudes. That's what it is. I didn't ride horses. I didn't ride bulls. I was a normal-ass kid, lazy as shit. I didn't want to do rodeo stuff. I was an FFA, and I didn't... I still, to this day, did not know what my responsibility was in FFA. Or FAA, the agriculture program. To this day, I don't. I didn't have one responsibility. I was just... I held this position. I was like the president. <laughs> but, uh... What's it called? Yeah, I was wearing these boots that were so tall. They weren't six inches, but they were like three or four. They were just ridiculous. Like when you don't 
why wear those boots when you're not uh riding horses you know i feel like those boots are meant to like for you to grab hold of your foot stirrup or whatever it's called when you saddle a horse you have your feet locked in pretty sure that's for that right otherwise you're wearing high heels that's all you're doing But uh, <laughs> maybe that's why I stopped being a country boy, just because it was so uncomfortable physically. Like, oh, god damn, I got to wear these shoes. I got to dip this stuff. Like, what the hell is this? That's that's pretty much what peer pressure is. It's like I have to do these things that suck to fit in. And uh, late, eventually I figured it out. Like, no, this is ridiculous. This isn't me. This is... Like, I am uncomfortable. I am physically and mentally uncomfortable with all of this. So, you know what got me out of that, too? Obviously, there's a lot of country boys out there still. Like, you do your thing. Go for it. It probably works for you. A lot of you committed to it. Like, a lot of us grab these identities early on, and we just stick with it. And if it feels right then good. But if you feel like you just got, they're like any group could have caught you. Like you could have been, could have been this group, could have been the country boys, could have been the gangsters, the cholos, could have been any group. But at this time period, you just happen to be surrounded by this certain group. So this is what you chose. You know, this is that identity you stuck with the next 40 years of your life. That's so interesting to me. But yeah, if it works for you, then don't don't let me upset you. But for me, it just it wasn't right. It didn't feel correct at all. So I listened there's this one song that's called Life is Long by David Byrne and Brian Eno. And the song's not the lyrics aren't particularly like fascinating to me. The music isn't that great, you know, it kind of has a simple beat to it, but for some reason this song grabbed me in a way where it just, I felt like I had to change something in my life. It it was so vivid, like, how often does a song influence your identity, like the, just the way you see the world? the way you perceive things and the way you're perceived yourself because your behavior changes as your perception changes in a lot of ways. And yeah, this song just grabbed me by the balls. I think I was like 14 or 15. But after that, I started focusing on different clothes to wear, like Henley's, those fairies, those lame-ass swollen fairies. Um, still wore blue jeans, but I wore better fitting blue jeans. Changed my hair up a bit. I, I, I was, I paid attention to whether I had a Southern accent or not. And, uh, some people would say I did. Some people said I didn't, but at that point I was conscientious. Like I was focusing on not having one, whether or not I did. But I didn't want to sound like I was from a place. 
So I just focused on having a very broad accent, broad American accent. Like I could be from anywhere. Like people, when I tell them I'm from Texas, they're always surprised. Like you don't sound like you're from Texas. Well, we don't all sound like John Wayne. What do you think? We you think we all have a southern draw? Texas is a huge place, and it's a lot more liberal than people would let on. The same reason Oregon is a lot more conservative than you would think. Really, the only liberal places are the cities. That's kind of the case with every place. It's usually the cities that are super liberal. And there's got to be some psychology behind that. It just... I, I would like to dig deeper into why the cities happen to just be more blue and rural areas are more conservative. There's something to that. Maybe that's something to do with, like, you know, you you know your town, but you don't know everybody in your city. But we can, whatever. But Oregon is actually super conservative. Like, the conservative-type people are a lot more... They're like they're a lot more towards the fringe than liberals are here. At least the ones I've encountered. Like there's a lot of pretty apolitical people. Most people are like that. Just they don't really have an affiliation at all. They don't know what the hell a liberal even means or conservative. In terms of politics. Like what does your ideology represent? What do you stand for? What are you supposed to stand for because of this label you gave yourself? But uh, the conservatives I meet are super conservative. Like Alex Jones conservative. Everything is a conspiracy. Chemtrails are everywhere. I heard there actually is some merit to chemtrails, but it's not what people – it's not what the conspiracy theorists think. It's something else. But chemtrail is definitely a real thing. It's just not out to – make us all poop brain. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of conspiracy conservatives here where they just love, love Trump. But don't really have a, a solid reason as to why. They just, they just know they're supposed to like him. I think a lot of people like Trump because a lot of people hate Trump. I think that's a big reason like, people just love being the contrarian. And right now, if you're a Trump supporter, you're kind of, you're kind of a contrarian. Yeah. I'm sure that's not the case with a lot of people, but I feel like if you were conservative and were kind of on your, didn't know, didn't know what to make of him, the fact that liberals were just, <laughs> they're just screaming their heads off, it made you more in favor for Trump. I think that's the case with a lot of people. And they don't realize it. But uh, where was I going with this? Yeah, I had this moment (laughs) with this song that changed the way I see things. Like, it it changed the way I, I process things, like analyze things. And over time, I just started seeing things differently. And shortly after that, I, I started questioning, like, my religious beliefs, and started experimenting with drugs in a good way, in a positive way, not in a I'm ruining my life way. It could have been that bad, though, but more in a 
what I want in my life kind of way. That's what drugs can do. You can either ruin your life or it can make you question your life. <sighs> drugs are a tool, as I've said many times. But uh, let's not get off topic. I'm doing drugs right now. But, yeah, I was just, I was looking at things a lot differently. I abandoned a lot of ideas I had throughout my life and replaced them with new ones. And I like the mental, I like the intellectual state I'm in right now. You know, my mental state could have some work, you know, like my, my anxiety and my burst of confidence every now and then, but then just kind of neutral, low energy feelings a lot of times as well. So that's something I need to focus on. But uh, the way I come about these problems, you know, I feel like I'm better than average with a lot of people. Most people have the issue of not recognizing their problems. And that's usually the first step to solving one, is acknowledging that it, that it even exists. And once you can do that, at least do that, just be honest enough to acknowledge that there is a problem. That's usually half the battle. You know, that way you can catch yourself being a certain way when it's happening and you can analyze it. Instead of getting angry or scared or sad, just kind of stop and don't control the emotion. Don't resist it. Just observe it. Let it do its thing. Just go through the process of that feeling. You're like, okay, I'm feeling angry right now. And because I'm angry, I want to react in this way. But I shouldn't react in this way because there are consequences for my mental health and my external world, you know. This causes reactions with other people because you react this way. So maybe I shouldn't do it. So just take the time to analyze the emotion you're feeling. And if you can do that, that is a great first step. For some people, that's all it is. You just need to recognize that there's an issue. Hello. Are we recording? Oh my goodness, someone just called me and disrupted my flow. Jesus Christ, I swear. All right, I think we're good. I think we're good. I'm just, oh no, I'm scared. All right, I'm scared. Now let's just take a moment. What does this mean? <laughs> but yeah, someone called me, so I hope. It didn't fuck up my recording. I think I'm good. I've been going for 30 minutes. Uh, yeah, I think it's good. I'm just continuing recording right now. So, yeah, we're good. Yeah, we're fine. It's all good in the hood, my brother. But yeah, let's let's be more. Let's focus more on what we're wearing. Not too much. Not. 
too much where you're worried about how everyone sees you, but how you see yourself, really. It's not really, like, don't dress to impress other people, but dress to impress you. That's, that should be it, right? Because if, <laughs> a lot of, I have a lot of friends <clears throat> who just, they don't give a shit what they wear, and they look silly a lot of times. Like, dude, your shirt is two sizes too big. Those pants, you you need to be go down two waistlines. Like, just fix it up a little bit, you know. There's certain T-shirts that fit really well. Like, I uh, there's some shirts I'll buy, especially I think American Eagle shirts, where it feels too fat on the sleeves. Like, I feel like they're I'm. I'm wielding wings. I'm just going to fly away. But there's also shirts that fit my shoulders really well. Because I have good broad shoulders. So I would like a shirt that fits to shape my shoulders. Because that's how I like myself to look. Where my shoulders are complemented on my clothes. So yeah, certain brands kind of work for certain people. A shirt isn't just a shirt. You know, if uh, if that's what you're wearing, you know, if what you're like, what you wear is who you are in a lot of ways, not just how you act, but what you wear, because everyone's been wearing clothes since I don't know how long, you know, that's something we've been doing since before we were even fully human. We're already wearing different. We're wearing shit to cover ourselves up. So that that's got to have a huge, uh, like that's got to communicate a lot to other people with what you wear. Simply because we've been wearing clothes for thousands of years, so that's a genetic memory at that point. That's a genetic, uh, re, uh, <laughs> genetic reaction towards clothes. Because I think it it takes ten to twenty thousand years for a certain behavior in your species to genetically change after like the genetic memory of something. A lot of that can change in a lifetime too, but they're more subtle things. So yeah, clothes, I believe, have a huge impact on how people see you. For sure. We all know that. So yeah, let's... uh. Let's think about what we're wearing. I do. I need the. I need to take my own advice. By the way, like I need to remind you that I don't think enough about what I wear, even though I should, because you know that's me. But yeah, this is a good stopping point. Yeah, this is a great, great podcast. Good one. Took me three times to get one going. But yeah, it's good. All right, guys. See ya.